Fantastic. Thank you so much. That's beautiful. Oh, welcome. I do see dogs in the aisles. Yes, it is my kind of day. All right. First question is, who here has animals in your homes, or in your lives, um, either now or in the past? Yeah, that's most of us. Good. And for the rest of you, if you've ever seen an animal, then you're in the right place. I might offer some new perspectives on our animals or our pets that live with us. So um, what if your animals knew exactly what you wanted? Actually, I'm going to ask you a different question. What if we knew exactly what our animals wanted? What if you knew what your dog was saying to you? What if, it's pretty clear what these dogs are saying to each other right now, but what if when we're sitting at home, making dinner, sitting on the couch, going to bed, what if we knew? What if we did have that ability? And I'm going to propose that perhaps you do know, and maybe you know more than you think you do. It's just a dog party in the middle. I'm sorry, I'm very distracted. <laughs> very cute. Um, so here's, here's what I want to propose. So let's say you're at home, you're reading a book. It's just a nice, quiet afternoon. And you get this idea. You think, you know what? It's a really good time. I haven't played with Buddy for a while. I think I'm going to go get a treat and go get the ball, and maybe we'll go play a little bit. Maybe we'll go for a walk. So you look at your dog, and your dog, you know, kind of perks their ears up, opens their eyes and looks at you, and they're like, what is she talking about? What is she doing? Why is she or he looking at me? And so you get up and do the thing, and then, of course, the dog knows what's going on. But what if, what if, while you're sitting there, that was not your thought. What if that was your dog trying to communicate with you? What if that was your cat trying to tell you, it's time for a belly rub, it's time for a treat, it's time to play with the bird? I think that we dismiss a lot of information that we get from the outside of us because we think we're making it up. So those of you, for those of you that don't know me or my history, I'm an animal communicator. I talk to pets, I listen to pets, and I do know that they are always trying to communicate with you. And it's such a joy to them when you actually get it sometimes. And I realize it's quite by accident, but they love that you are able to pick up sometimes. And it's very much a surprise to them sometimes when people respond as if they've heard them because they're like, oh my God, someone heard me. <laughs> um, so my challenge to you, just right off the top of the talk, I have a challenge for you. Perhaps in the future, be open to the idea that the thoughts you're having that you think are your own thoughts about your animals even about other people or about other things in the world, is it possible they're not coming from you? Is it possible 
that what you're thinking about your dog or cat or horse or rabbit is actually coming from your horse or cat or rabbit. So that's just a challenge for you to take home with you into the next week. And then as I suggested earlier, asked earlier, what if they knew what you wanted? Would you change any of your conversations? What if they understood what you were saying? Would you talk differently? See, I do believe, I know, they possess wisdom. They have emotional depth. And they're connected. They're connected with each other. They're connected with us. They're connected with God in the universe. And they perceive life in a different way than we do. Granted, the animals that live in our lives with us, they perceive life a lot like we do because they're within our rule system. But they also have a greater understanding. For example, a client hired me to talk to her dog one time. Now, if most able-bodied people were suddenly given a diagnosis that they had to have a leg amputated, they would probably be distressed about that because they know it would probably impact their mobility and life. And a lot of us are attached to our limbs, you know, literally and emotionally. And, and so having this diagnosis for her dog, what really was distressing her. And so I talked to the dog. I, I wanted to get the how the dog felt about this. The dog didn't care. The dog said, I am not my leg. I'm still going to have fun. I'm still going to be with my people. I can still have a very joyous life. Not in so many words, but that was the essence the dog was telling me. And so they had the surgery, and yes, the dog was fine. The dog knew it wasn't going to be a problem because we sometimes get attached to things that maybe we don't need to be attached to. And I know that they have some emotional depth because sometimes they tell me, you know, my person, I'm worried about her. I'm worried about him. I hear him talking about his job. I hear her talking about her mother that's sick. They hear us talking, but more than that, they're in touch with our emotions. They're in touch with our feelings. And so they know when we're upset. And I'll just give you one tip. If there's something going on in your life that um, you are upset, you're worried, you know, you're angry, whatever it is, you're in grief, just let the dog know. And I mean literally tell the cat, dog, anyway, anything, that this is human stuff, that this is my stuff, this has nothing to do with you. Because sometimes they try to heal that for us and it causes anxiety in them. So I just want to make sure I let you know to give them an out that what you're processing as a human, it's great to have their companionship, it's great to have their love, but they don't have to actually try to heal you. And then another way that I um, have experienced this with animals, their, their emotional depth and their wisdom, is when they're about to pass. And it's not true for every animal and certainly some animals are, the earthly bodies want to fight death, just like in the humans. They, they often do fight death, but 
when I'm connected with the animal and with their higher self, they're okay with it. They're not upset that they're about to die. And in fact, they like to live in with their people. Sometimes they literally tell me, I just want to sit on her lap, you know, for the next three days. I just want to be with the people. I just want to be loved up. <laughs> um, I, and I actually had a bunny tell me that one Christmas. I was looking to see if the person was in here. I don't, I don't see them. And the bunny just sat and passed on the lap on Christmas, you know, and it was beautiful for everyone. So they have that capacity to, to be in love with you, to be in relationship with you. Um, and some of you might be surprised when I said higher self about a dog or a cat. Because we don't often think of animals having anything beyond what we see. But it's, they're just like people in some ways. They do have souls. They do have consciousness. They do are, they are connected with the oneness of all life. And the division between you and I, the division between the dog and I and the dog and the dog and the dog and God is all an illusion. The bonds that go between the love, the joy, the ease, it's eternal. It's eternal. So even though we look separate, I, we've taught in this philosophy that we all come from the one, expressing differently, but we're all connected. We're all part of the one, and the same is true with the animals. One of our science of mind principles is that the highest God and the innermost God are one God. And since there is but one life essence, the spiritual intelligence within us is the same spiritual intelligence within all things and the same intelligence that governs everything. We have another teacher, Emma Curtis Hopkins, that even talks about how the earthworm seeks their good. Everything seeks their good in this life. When they come to life, they are just here to seek their good. And, and that can mean many different things. So while there are ways that we think differently than the animals, that we do have different emotions that the, than the animals, and we think there's no common language, there really is. We have just forgotten the language of the animals because we have words now. And you don't hear the dogs saying words to each other. And the dogs are getting all the attention now because they're right in front of me. I think I talked about cats first service, so I guess it's fair. But, um, but there is a common language, and we, we can communicate, you know, if we just kind of decide to be still and pay attention and listen. And it's not just pets, okay? This isn't just true with our pets. So I'm actually leaving town next week. I'm meeting many people on a safari in Kenya. And what I will have the opportunity for these people, these lovely safari goers, is to connect on a new level with the animals out in the Masimara. 
Um, when I went the first time, I had no idea what I, what I was ex what to expect, and now you know I go back. It's so it's such a beautiful experience to be among the animals when they are living the not only in the presence of God but in the presence with each other. And they live from this essence. They have this essence that we could really learn from. So for example, right now, the great migration, the wildebeest are coming into Kenya and they are just simply following, a wildebeest literally said to me, it's a pull, okay? So they're following their pull. We might call that an instinct. So they're following their instinct. They have faith and trust, even though they don't have those words. They have the faith and trust that as they follow this pull, they're going to get what they need when they get to their destination, wherever it is. And they are um, pulled to these different areas for different things, you know, so sometimes they need more water, sometimes they need more food, sometimes it's about raising babies or making babies or, you know, whatever it is they need, they're pulled to the new area that's going to help support them in that. And we call this their instinct. Ernest Holmes the founder of our church calls it, um, in people, calls it intuition. What if we followed our intuition like the wildebeest do? What if we felt that pull and went for it? Do we have the faith and the trust to know that our needs are going to be met when we get there? To think about it on a human level, the, the wildebeest don't know that, you know, it's pretty green here. Why are we leaving? I don't want to go. Why? Really? We should go up that way? It looks pretty dry. Let's go. What if we did that? And so all the animals, they, they live in this, this faith and trust that everything's going to be okay. Even your pets, even your pets trust you're going to feed them. You're going to take them outside if that's what they do, that you're going to be there for them. I think they are able to develop this faith and trust a lot easier than some people are. They just kind of follow their good, what feels good to them. That's what? They turn, they turn their belly ups. That's right. That's, they get vulnerable for us. That's absolutely true. <clears throat> so we are we are of this oneness these animals are of, of the same oneness and I believe that there comes an ethical responsibility with being one with all there's a golden rule do unto others as they I had to have some participation with this first service. Do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. Is that right? <laughs> Close enough. Okay. What if that was true with us and the animals? What if we did unto all the animals, not just our dogs and cats and horses? What if we did unto them as we would like them to do unto us? There is a... Uh, word in the Hawaiian language called kahu and it is it has many meanings among them are guardian, steward, beloved attendee, 
entrusted with the safekeeping of something precious, of something cherished. And so they use this for a number of different people, and one of them is for a person who has a dog, cat, pig, or other pet. So the people that are entrusted with the care of animals are kahu. And I think it's interesting that they specify pig in there because what animals we are brought up to love and brought up to see as work animals and brought up to see as food animals are all different depending on what country we're in, what society and where culture we're in. But they're all the same. There's no difference between, um, I actually watched a video the other day of a pig shaking and um, asking for a treat by, by doing a sit and a lay down. So that was, <laughs> we're all one in God. There is the, the division, the separation uh, is an illusion. It's an illusion. So I'm going to ask you now um, to consider your relationship with one of your animals or you know, all of your animals. But, but if you're here for a blessing today, if you have an animal with you, if you're online and you have a cat or a dog sitting on your lap or next to you, um, I'm going to ask you to come up with a, a couple of questions for you. One, you, imagine the special relationship that you have, and this might also be with a former animal that you've had. It might not just be right now. So you have this special relationship, and you've probably derived some kind of meaning out of this relationship with your animal. Perhaps there's a lesson in there for you. Can you think of a lesson that you have had by your relationship with the animals? Some animals that I talk to after they've passed let me know that there is a very specific purpose that they were in the life of their person. And so if you feel like you and your animal have this very specific relationship, don't dismiss that. It's probably right. You're probably true, you know. Sometimes they tell me, I was there to love her. I was there to help her or him. Most of my clients are women. That's just who usually contacts me. But um, I was there to help her open her heart or to um, help him love again or to be a companion or to be you know, their confidant or to challenge them or to help them problem solve. You know, there's all these reasons. They're in our lives, and it's usually multiple reasons. It's not just one, but often there's like one big lesson that we have between us and our animals. So I encourage you to consider that. And then if you do have that lesson, or if you do know what that meaning is, now imagine it from the other side. If there's meaning for you, there's meaning for the animal. And it might be different, might not be the same meaning. But they are getting something out of it too. I don't believe there can be any kind of event or occurrence that is not an opportunity for growth. 
for spiritual growth, for emotional growth. So all of our relationships, animals and people, are great opportunities for growth. And I encourage you to contemplate that and let your animals know then, you know, I see you. I love that you are this with me. And what is their essence in the world? Can you learn something from that? So like just like I was talking about the wildebeest and, and their pull, they're following their instinct all the time. Maybe the essence of your dog is that they're a, a hero and they want to help everyone or they're a rebel and they want to fight you and question everything. But we need those people that question in order to, for society to grow. We need the, um, the ones that just want to be companions, that just want to be lovers, nurturers, caretakers. What is the essence of your animal? Because all of us have that as well. And I wanted to point out that not only do we and our animals follow certain archetypes, so do the wild animals, so do the farm animals. Someone came up after first service and said, you know, I, have, I had, used to have sheep and they all had their own distinct personalities. And it's true. And so do the zebras, so do the giraffes. But because we don't spend the time with them, we don't see it. We don't know that. But if you talk to someone that works in a wildlife rehab, or if you can watch the videos of wildlife, you see that they do have their own personalities. They all are expressing God in their own way. So what I'd like you to do now, thinking again of your animal, your pet, I'm going to ask you to come up with a word that you want expressed in the world and you want the world to know about you and your pet. And it might be something like, I want love with my pet. I want boundaries. I want mutual respect. I want companionship. So any of these qualities, we call them God qualities, but any of these things that would make your relationship really great. And I'm going to ask you to, to think of what that word might be. If you're online and you have this word, you might want to share it with everyone in the chat, what your pet's name and what the quality is that you want to know. And I'm going to ask that people with the animals, they can come up, they can be blessed, and they can be known for this quality. And if you just want to hold your you know, your animal in your heart, in your thought, someone that's not here with us right now, that's, that's okay too. So I am going to invite right now any of the practitioners that are willing to do the prayers for the animals and any animals to come up to be blessed. We're first going to do a group blessing. And then the practitioners can do an individual blessing of you knowing your quality of God. So any animals want to come up? Come on down. Yes, let's <sighs> love seeing these dogs. So I saw a cat earlier, and did I hear something else earlier? Did I hear a bird? No, I don't know what I heard. Yep. Hi, Karina. Hi, who's the? I can't remember your dog's name. Cody. Cody. That's right. All right, yes, come on down. So first I'm going to say a blessing for these animals, for all animals. And then if you choose, so the practitioners are in uh, purple stoles. 
Um, you can come up to them and let them know the word that you've chosen and your animal's name, and they will know that for you. All right, they will just give you a quick blessing afterwards. So, knowing that the truth of these dogs, these cats, all these animals that are with me now, that are online with us now, they are the essence of God. They are the essence of love. They are the direct expression of joy. And we don't always see the joy and the love and the ease, but, <laughs> but we do feel the challenge. We do feel their unique expressiveness in the world. For we are all just one big tapestry having our own unique threads and doing exactly as we need to be for ourselves and for the greater whole. So I offer a word of blessing to every animal that is here, that is online with us in the world, on the plains, in the mountains, in the woods, all animals everywhere. We thank you. We see you. We recognize your beauty and your love, and we are grateful we get to share this life with you. Thank you to all. Amen. And so it is. And you may get individual blessings as we start the slideshow, and we will hear another awesome song. <laughs> <laughs>